Awesome. All right. Here we go. Welcome to Fiery Discourse, your podcast for media featuring dragnesses, female dinosaurs, and other similar saurians and scalies. I'm your host, Ludmilanon, and with me are my co-hosts, Math Machine, Angron, Plato, and Lucky Evie. And today we are discussing 1959 Sleeping Beauty. So oh, let's yeah. get things started. Just oh, so Sleeping Beauty, if not the best of the oh, classic Disney movies, is certainly the most beautiful, I feel, especially with how they do the background designs and really just the character designs in general are so intricately uh, done that it really makes it a creative vibe to it. Oh, absolutely. This was the era where they were certainly uh, doing some more experimenting and trying new things. I have and this no movie was released in like... 1950... 59. Hell yeah, it was like before the 1960s, like before the God. flower era. So yeah. Or a lot of my favorite animations released, actually. Oh yeah, like I certainly remember a lot That's of good. Uh, yeah, I certainly remember a lot of movies from that era. Uh, one hundred and one Dalmatians is easily one of my fa- one of my favorites from that oh, era. Same. I also remember bed knobs oh, yeah, and broomsticks. But... Oh. It, it continue. That's right. No, definitely. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all great, but it's funny that one hundred one Dalmatian that is kind of considered to be in a different era, and that Sleeping Beauty is kind of since. And Sleeping Beauty is kind of considered to be the end of like the classical era from like all the way from Snow White to that because they started that using doesn't the sound one hundred percent correct. Design. Yeah, exactly. I know, it's not my thing either, but it's mostly among like uh, animation historians and that and, you know that was the beginning of like say the Silver Age for Disney rather than the Golden Age. I personally don't true. see it that way, but nope. then again, you know. I'm not one of those, you know, animating <clears throat> historians, so what would I know? I personally see it in a way. The justification for it is that uh, Sleeping Beauty was the last uh, cell animated, uh, hand-drawn cell animated, sorry, and uh, 101 Donations began the Xerox process where instead of actually inking the cells themselves, the machines did it for them. Uh, I yeah. see. I personally see, uh, I personally see, uh, personally see it different. Like the classic era Disney goes from its debut of Snow White back in like uh, the 1900s and whatnot, all the way up to uh, the Princess and the Frog, pretty much. Yeah, <clears throat> that that's reasonable. That's a reasonable. Yeah, because like, yeah, classic is too like you know? days, Of course. Say. <laughs> I'm that I I view it pre-Renaissance, but it's it could be a generational thing. So yeah, I don't know. Definitely, definitely. Oh, man. I, one of my favorites. Oh, man, yeah, one of my favorites from that era, from like the Silver Age, had to, what consider is considered Silver Age. Obviously, is um call me weird, but uh uh the Black Cauldron. I under I understand that honestly. The, the Black Cauldron is a guilty pleasure for me. Like, yeah. I get why a lot of people uh, don't like it, but like, there's a lot of charm to it and potential. Like, it really, really does do the bare minimum of being like a classic film. Also, exactly. the freaking Horned King. That yes. is arguably oh, the first. That is the first lich 
ever yeah. in Disney. No joke. Definitely, definitely. That is just so amazing. Yeah. There's, a reason, there's a reason why he was part of that one attraction at a uh, Disney Japan. Oh wait, what? Yeah, there what? was this one attraction uh, at Walt Disney World Japan and J- Walt Disney World Japan, um, where they had like a bunch of uh, villains as part of the ride, as part of the attraction, and the Horned King that was is... one of them. Right, that right, is awesome. Yeah, oh, man. I mean, it's honestly with. The magic mirror from uh, Snow White. Mm. Oh, it's a man. darn shame that uh, Katzenberg basically butchered that film. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a shame. Yeah, that's a shame. And the guy would later go on to do stuff like Father of the Pride, freaking Prince of Egypt, and other stuff, basically. I think he did Shrek. Which, oh, like, oh, he is the head of DreamWorks, so yeah. yeah. yeah oh, and no, it's a trick, absolutely. That's a freaking lootly. It's definitely one that we'll talk about later. But uh, this is the reason why Farquaad exists Sleeping Beauty for a minute. Yeah, Sleeping Beauty. uh, One thing that's interesting is uh, all the different voice actors, because Walt definitely had a thing about reusing voice actors from his previous projects. Like Maleficent's voice actress, uh, she also was Lady Tremaine in Cinderella. And Mm. she also played, believe it or not, Madame Leota, the fortune teller. In the uh, Haunted Mansion ride, in the original uh, iteration of it. I believe that it's been dubbed now. Yeah. And uh, Flora was Verna Felton. She was in pretty much every Disney movie from Dumbo onwards. She was was the Queen of Hearts in Alice in Wonderland. She was the fairy godmother in Cinderella. She She was was also the the elephant bitch from Dumbo. Like, head honcho elephant bitch. That was her first role. Honestly, and, uh, she okay. also was like Wilma's mother on the Flintstones and a whole bunch of 50s TV, really. Oh, dang. <laughs> okay, quick tangent for a sec, but like, I imagine like the performer elephants from Dumbo kind of look, uh, kind of look a little like uh, elderly strippers, like not completely past <laughs> their prime, but aged enough that they're like a fine wine, if you get what I mean. Oh, yeah, I mean no, no, definitely, definitely. Like yeah, yeah like. <laughs> Someone get on that yeah, sort of art, sort of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking about making an elephant yeah, character, just... <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyways, it's yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, the uh, thing with Cinder, with uh, sorry, with Sleeping Beauty that really makes it stand out, I feel, is more than anything, is the backgrounds. The backgrounds are almost, in a way, you could say, like yeah, yeah. stained glass or work of art. It just really helps. Absolutely. The uh, fairy tale aspect of it. It was done by uh, Evan Earl. And another name who worked on Sleeping Beauty, I believe, also as a background designer, was one Mr. Don Bluth. Yes, one of Don his first Bluth. First animation oh. projects, I believe. And here I thought it was small one that he just did. Huh, interesting. Well, no, that was, I think, that was his first solo first project, project, I think. With Disney. Himself. Oh, it's still a very good solo with project. Disney since I think uh, Sleeping Beauty onward. He mostly, I think, did backgrounds. I don't know if he did any characters up until around the time, I think, of Robin Hood. I do know that oh, he yeah. designed Elliot and Pete's Dragon, so mm. that was de- you can definitely see in his design. I can honestly see it, too, now that you mention it. Yeah, I can see that. That's, yeah. yeah, with I the whole, like, you know, pear shape of that body. Yeah, honestly, seeing Don, honestly hearing that Don Bluth did Elliot, like, Dragon. classic Elliot, not the new one. It's no, like, we don't talk about that one. Well, it's yeah, we don't talk no. about Bruno. 
me and my we folks don't talk do about that. Bruno. Me and my folks yeah. reference that a lot. Yeah, Referencing yeah, Disney, might as yeah. well do. <laughs> might yeah, as well do yeah, a little yeah, bit of the yeah, new. Definitely, you know? definitely. Anyways, back to Sleeping Beauty. I also feel that, like, oh man, like out of everything that they did, other than the background and uh, some of the designs. I feel that they really did Maleficent really well. I see. I saw the film recently, and I was very much surprised at what uh, Disney eventually would do to butcher the butcher Maleficent. Oh no, no, uh, uh, we are uh, we are going to talk about Maleficent more in other episodes with other appearances she's had in media in other <laughs> podcast episodes. We are not going to be discussing the live action remakes because no, number one no. and the first one, she doesn't even become a dragon. She lets Diablo do it. Yeah, she has to like if they made a do James it. Bond movie and they had James Bond texting on his phone while he got like Jaws and Odd Job to be the secret agent. And the second <laughs> one, they blow it even further by having her become a phoenix, which is like, what the hell? I mean, that's, you were so close. And yeah, wait, which became a phoenix? Maleficent, apparently. In the second one, which the oh, one that nobody saw. Don't talk yeah, about that one. I didn't see it either, and I don't blame anybody. Yeah, here. No, no. I, I refuse to watch any of the uh, <laughs> yeah, it, live action stuff. Yeah. I, 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 Give I, us classic Maleficent, man. I did a better that, backstory for exactly. Maleficent, for crying out loud. Uh, no, I, no, definitely, definitely. But that's the thing, too. It, just, it seems like Disney nowadays, they just cannot make any good villains it's For like the most you know, part. what they did in strange world there was this one part where they're playing a card game and the grandfather goes you know oh i remember when they had you know villains in this and the kid goes oh you know there's no villains anymore wink wink and it's like i i, I really have just yeah. problem with modern movies I, they have like this Not thing against uh making actual villains Oh yeah, yeah. That's a shame. Like the closest really, we got really nowadays, we got nowadays to an actual technical villain was uh, freaking uh, Senior Vespa from uh, Luca, and even and yeah, he was and he, memorable. He, he, he was memorable, but not nearly as charismatic as some of the other. Disney no, 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 no. Like, one of my favorite. You know, uh, and he got away one. with it too. Oh. That's the thing. Jack yeah. Horner. This is old Disney. They would have had him get like you know crushed by an anchor or something. Oh yeah, like, it's like he pulls honestly, a harpoon at him and he gets away with it. They did better villains in freaking Puss in Boots: The Last Wish than yeah, in no, definitely, anything definitely. That that is like a complete antithesis of everything with like what Disney's doing nowadays. Where oh, the villainous generational trauma. Oh, the yeah. villainous society. It's like ah, oh, give me a break. I mean, that's not a bad idea, mind you, but oh, yeah. it's no, no, it isn't. It's something that shouldn't old. be used as a crutch. No, it's like much. everything in moderation. I feel like they've taken that and they've beaten that concept into the ground so much that they're really sick of it. it has to kind of like yeah. looking at the twenty tens with the whole twist villains. Has to be oh, some yeah, sort absolutely. of meaning to the villain now. We'll talk a little bit more about modern Disney once we get to the riot episode, exactly, but. Yeah. Uh, no, no, yeah. definitely, definitely. That's where we're going to talk about it more. But we're see how briefly. Yeah. Consider that little so taste anybody, uh, to all y'all listening. Uh, we're going to do a Riot yeah, episode. Yeah, and we're going to be tackling uh, modern era Disney. Yeah, much as I hate it. A couple of uh, weeks down the road for that one. But anyway, oh, heck, yeah. getting back to uh, Sleeping Beauty. Oh, the yeah. The interesting thing about it is that Prince Philip really, he gets kind of, uh, he kept, I'm sorry, I'm tongue twisted here. He gets kind of, uh, pushed in with the other Disney princes of the time 
but he has a lot more characterization. He really arguably is the main character. Aurora is barely in the movie for like, I think, you know, for the most for like part, yeah. 15, 20 minutes, basically. Yeah. And what's yeah. interesting is that a lot of his characterization was meant for the prince in Snow White. Oh! Now, a lot of the sequences planned with him, like, for example, the scene when uh, Maleficent taunts him and chains him up, that was going to be the evil queen doing that to the prince in Snow White. The reason yeah. they didn't do it in Snow White is, number one, they ran out of budget, and number two, the rotoscoping was so ungodly, insanely expensive and time-producing that they um. couldn't... They couldn't do it. So yeah, they decided they to it. keep it in their uh, back pocket for this one. And I think it works out better here. It does. It's yeah. maleficent. Honestly, it, it also... Like it also reminds me a little bit of Eugene slash Flynn from Tangled. Like, I oh, met, yeah. I've read the original story of, of uh, Rapunzel, and yeah, it definitely has quite the interesting... Uh, yeah, yeah, they definitely took that. Like, that. It's better than the original yeah. uh, Rapunzel story anyway, to be honest. Oh, heck yeah, absolutely. They even did a freaking yeah, no, TV no, show. That's how good it yeah. was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, it definitely, definitely worked out for the best. It probably is their, to be honest with you, it definitely is one of their better uh, 2010 era movies. I like it a lot better than Frozen in any case. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Frozen's still good. Yeah, but, I prefer uh, Frozen 2 over Frozen, but I don't really hate either movie. I never saw it. To Frozen be fair. No, I'm not. Same here, same here, but it, it is. Far better, I will say that much. Didn't see Frozen two, unfortunately. Sorry, what? I didn't, yeah. yeah, I didn't see Frozen two. Oh yeah, definitely give it a watch. It's yeah. definitely worth one watch, and the music is far better than the first. I will say that. On, like uh, TV at the certain time, it's definitely worth checking out. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, back to what we Anyways. were talking about. Uh, yeah, to go back to the um, uh, Sleeping Beauty uh, tangent yep. for a second, there was actually a third reason why the prince didn't get much characterization uh, as well. In, in Snow White? Uh, yeah, sorry, in yep. Snow White. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the animators actually weren't comfortable drawing men. Oh, right. Oh, right. <laughs> well, real, well, don't he was more of a, well, don't forget that could come out wrong, but it definitely was also that he was more of a realistic human figure. Let's do it that way. That's why yeah. they did like the rotoscoping because, you know, that was probably the best way he could get to uh, yeah. humans, which is yeah. interesting because while, because while, uh, you know, the evil queen looks incredible and amazing. I would go so far as to say the Fleischers did better rotoscoping a couple of years later with Gulliver's Travels for how they did Gulliver in that movie. Oh, absolutely. If you haven't yeah. seen it, yeah. see it. It's a fantastic yeah. movie. 1939's Gulliver's Travels. A lot of classic movies. On the, on the topic of rotoscoping, it's very, very unique how uh, pretty much all of Disney's classic films, for the most part, did a lot of live action. Like, Oh no, they never did. They, they did even the had like live action models basically act out the scenes for the animators. I believe they started that with um, Alice in Wonderland because there's oh, yeah. um, footage Absolutely. of Catherine Beaumont and Ed Cherry Colonna yeah. basically performing like the Mad Tea Party sequence. Yeah. It's actual, like, they would film the footage 
And then they would animate over it, basically. And oh, absolutely. Animate over the vocal cords. Other interesting tangent. I think the same person who did the Mad Hatter also voiced Wally Gator from the Hanna-Barbera cartoons. I could be wrong on no, that. that Don't quote me Sorry, what? The Hanna-Barbera character was an imitator of Edwin. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, no, no, yeah. Yeah, Hanna-Barbera did get too many celebrities in their uh, career, basically. Yeah, but anyway, uh, uh, I need to. I need to keep close to the mic. You're uh, so, sort of fading a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I know. Back that. up, me. Yeah, you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Sorry about that. Is that better? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, way better. Yeah, I'm using uh, my laptop microphone, so that might be what happened with it. But that is that, that is very that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Right. In any case. So, now, so yeah. Now, like I say, uh, with Maleficent, is she basically is for the most part probably the most if not probably the best known, she definitely is the most iconic dragoness. When you see like, you know, yes. dragoness references in media or like in other things, nine uh, times out of ten, it is... You're backing Me up or... a little bit. Me? Yeah. Yeah, you're backing up a little bit. Is that better? Yeah, Yeah, it's better. Keep close to the mic. Yeah, I'll try to do that. Sorry, sorry. So mm-hmm. basically what I was saying is that Maleficent is definitely, if not the most iconic she definitely is the most well-known of the dragonesses. Basically, when you see a reference to it in other types of media, nine times out of ten, it's going to be based off of it. And it's for a good reason, because even though we don't actually get to see the sequence outside of, you know, flames covering her, it is amazing. Like, she, Absolutely. like, Dragon Maleficent is on screen yeah. for maybe five or so minutes, but she makes every second of that count, I, I mean, feel. I mean, she would I go- know that the animators actually based her more on a snake than they did like a actual dragon they did Hold like on. a lizard which you can definitely see with how she moves absolutely oh yeah but there's a reason why I she's mean, a boss in kingdom hearts actually oh absolutely oh definitely definitely and you know she's made hundreds of other appearances like uh in disney's uh phantasmic stage show you know they have like a oh, giant yes. animatronic and oh, yeah, i remember that. that in a later episode she was also in the house of villains yeah that's what it was the that's house another of episode we're going to talk about yep we're going to talk about that in another episode that'll be a lot of fun oh yeah but yeah the interesting thing too about it is with the um with the dragon's form basically is how Unlike other ones and other different kinds of movies, she actually keeps her personality and she keeps basically uh, who she is because you can hear her maniacal laughter while she's a dragoness and she's snapping at him. Yeah, the at, same uh, thing Philip. can also be said for Narissa. Like, she, oh, no, definitely, like definitely. When she did the same thing for the most part, but also uh, still like kept her poise, her grace. Pretty much she's a dragon, but she's goddamn still... Evil and smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So basically, yeah, um, is basically almost like a parody of Maleficent, and that's another episode. We're definitely going to get to that. Absolutely. Um, the on Enchanted, and that's going to be a lot of fun, too. But the thing with uh, Maleficent that's also interesting is, and this just shows how uh, Disney of 1959 is so different than the Disney of today. When Maleficent gets stabbed by the Sword of Truth, she bleeds. She actually, if you go back and you watch it and you see her getting struck, she actually bleeds while Wasn't she it technically green blood? Oh, oh. No, it's red. If you Ooh. go back and watch it, it actually happens. Oh, dang. dang. Uh, 
I know, I know. Then this was for different. like in 1959, and they got away with it. That's different. And the scream when she is stabbed is actually a reused sound effect from Snow White when the evil queen falls off the cliff. She gets struck by oh, lightning and she falls off the cliff. It's the same yeah. exact sound effect. Yep. <clears throat> they reuse that to save time. And then when the smoke dissipates, her body is completely gone. So. She could still be out there. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. Well, you see alive. a brief shadow showing that she very yeah. well ha may have survived. Yeah. Like, and yet, the interesting thing is that Disney, and we're definitely going to talk about this in next time's episode, because that's going to be a direct-to-video uh, movie, but basically to kind of give a starter on it here, Disney had a very strange obsession from like the 90s to the mid-2000s with doing direct-to-video sequels to their animated movies. And yet, Sleeping Beauty never got one. Not only I did mean, it never get one, it was never even in consideration for one, which is strange because every other single animated property at one time was even going to get a sequel, even with Snow White. They were going to do a spinoff with the Seven Dwarves that was apparently going to take inspiration from Middle Earth. Whoa! Uh, Sleeping Beauty. Imagine nothing, Snow White nothing. in Middle Earth. Holy <laughs> crap! <laughs> no, they were gonna do like that. It was gonna be about the Seven Dwarves. Uh, what happened was they pitched it to uh, John Lasseter when he took over, and he instantly had them all canceled. Oh, fuck him. Yeah. Sad thing is, a lot of the directed DVD films uh, they're, were they're not good. They were made uh, on only in budgets. I will actively defend. Bambi 2, Lion King 2, Lion King 1 and a half, technically, oh, yeah. Aladdin 3, and... Oh, Aladdin uh, 3 is classic. That, that is the best one, in my opinion. Uh, 101 Dalmatians 3. 101 Dalmatians yeah. 2, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I personally think Bambi 2 is the better of oh, the yeah, uh, series. Exactly. It, like... It doesn't well, detract from much, and it really adds to the adds to the first film. Absolutely, no, definitely, yeah. definitely, yeah. And that's yeah, honestly why I why I like Bambi as a whole. It's like one of those uh, franchises that w remains pure, even with all the marketing and whatnot. And like, it's the most simple out of the bunch, but that's that's its biggest strength. It's simple, like it's it's honestly pretty endearing. And also, oh, this definitely, was... definitely, it has an innocence that is kind of uh, lost today, even with like you know the modern Disney movies and yeah. uh, basically modern yeah. media in general. It seems like this sort of innocence is is lost, and you know it's a shame. Unfortunately, uh, I think a bit of a side effect of that is because of just popular demand at large. When... Well, no, no, obviously, obviously, you know that's the you know supply and demand, basically. Yeah. Uh, Another movie that did something akin to that would have been Good Dinosaur, I would say. Mm -hmm. And no, yeah, Good Dinosaur that. is definitely on the list of episodes we're going to talk about. It's definitely going to be later down the line. <laughs> but that movie, the problem with Good Dinosaur, just to give a brief little tangent on it, the problem with Good Dinosaur is that it really they had no idea what they wanted to do with it. Wow. That they they were rewriting the script while they were working on it. They literally were trying to fly at this blind, and I'm sorry, it's it's a mess. The backgrounds are beautiful, but the character designs are just so out of place. 
with these beautiful photorealistic backgrounds. It's not like Dinosaur, Dinosaur from uh, 2000, where it was yes. designed to fit in the world. The one some good dinosaur, I like if you animated Gumby over these beautiful photorealistic landscapes. It just doesn't work for me because of that. And, On you know, its own, it is isn't a, a bad idea, well. but like, yeah, it can be a little, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely with like the pseudo western, but not really tone. Yeah, it it I, really doesn't work, but that's definitely for that episode. We'll definitely yeah, it works better. Anyway, yeah, better with up. Honestly, the cartoony uh, character design mixed with photorealistic backgrounds, it worked better with up. Absolutely. No, no, definitely, definitely. It, it was like it was trying to repeat the success without knowing what made it work. Yeah, they completely there. didn't know what it what what worked with it. Yeah. Back to what we were talking yeah. about. Yeah, um, Maleficent. Yeah. yeah, back to Maleficent. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yo, keep going on tangents here, but <laughs> it's cool. Uh, we all go on tangents too. You know, Anyways, Maleficent. <laughs> yeah, she has had a surprisingly a surprising amount of appearances in different media. Like, she showed up as a villain in the Little Mermaid television show. She showed up in the Timon and Pumbaa television show. She has made a lot of cameos and little appearances at Disneyland Paris. They have not only an animatronic Maleficent in the parade, but so in a steampunk style, they actually have an attraction where you can go under uh, Sleeping Beauty's castle and you see a sleeping dragon there. I don't know if it's ever been explicitly said to be Maleficent, but it definitely is plausible. They've never denied it either, I believe. I yeah. may need to see that one I mean, these days because that sounds awesome. Yeah, me too. She yeah, also yeah, has yeah, a lot of art on the uh, Dragon Ball. Oh. Well, yeah, of course. Disney's and Dragons, basically, honor of disney dragons old boy yeah and of course I, merchandise okay. you know she's easily also the most merchandised of the dragons out there oh heck yeah even more so <clears throat> even more so than nessie and freaking reluctant dragon like yeah yeah holy yeah. crap we're definitely going to talk about more about nessie on that episode but but yeah um, it definitely shows that she's definitely the most iconic of the dragonesses and that's why this is definitely the why 100% this is going to be the first episode because I figured, you know, we might as well start the most iconic one and go from there. And the other interesting thing about the movie as well, I think a lot of people don't realize because of the whole stupid Disney princess branding. I don't know if you remember this, but they Disney had a serious push and they still do, not to the extent as they did in the 2000s and the early 2010s, but they really really tried pushing the Disney princesses as their own sort of, I guess, Barbie-esque brand, you could call it. Yeah. They Dear had, Lord. Like, uh, direct-to-video yep. movies. They had, like, uh, you know, all the different merchandise and that. And yet, it's ironic because Sleeping Beauty is probably one of the more, I don't want to say boy-centric, because that gets into a whole mess of, uh, you know, uh, stuff here that we don't want to get into this whole stupid, you know, conversation yeah. but it definitely has a lot that appeals to boys as well as girls and i feel it's like good disney intentionally muddied the waters that way by making people think that you know oh it's just you know a girl it's another girl it's not, but, uh, yeah it is very much geniuses. yeah it very much has a it's fine a balance, fine balance between uh masculine oh definitely femininity. definitely 
I don't know if there's... definitely has some really, really good comedy in it as well. Yeah. I mean, the whole, like, pink versus blue debate is just hysterical. <laughs> the one yeah, line that has always some very iconic me, moments. Very yeah. iconic moments that... Definitely, definitely. The one definitely line that it. always kills me when I'm watching this, when I watch it, is, you know, Prince Philip saddles on his horse and he says... Father, you must be a modern man. After all, we are living in the 14th century. <laughs> I just, I love that. It's just something about the way it's written. It just, just works on so many <laughs> levels. And of course, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention probably one of the best reasons why old Disney really was just amazing was that the scene with Brent, with the two kings discussing their upcoming wedding and then there's the running gag of the loot player just getting absolutely hammered. I mean, oh, that is just yeah. hilarious when he's under the table. He's just he's sleeping. He's got the loot on his head and the strings he's going up and down. I mean, that is just hysterical uh, right there. Oh, and then, yeah. I mean, really, oh, really absolutely. I mean, pretty much. I think a lot of the uh, musician. I think a lot of the musicians in uh, Disney get <laughs> pretty damn butchered. No, no, definitely, part. definitely. Oh yeah, I I especially you remember Tangled because a running it is. <laughs> yeah, I especially remember Tangled because it because like one of the uh, ruffians who like began who began the song uh, threw an axe over one of the accordion players' head. And he's just like, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Mine <laughs> is the uh, the piano playing mouse from Great Mouse. Oh, oh yeah! Oh, that Holy too. That shit. too. I also, dear God, that entire scene. From that yeah, scene. yeah, that too is another great moment. Also, the octopus. I think he was yeah, a yeah, and, um, that too. That too. Uh, and he had like with the with the music players like the minstrels from a uh, from Assassin's Creed two. <laughs> that wasn't the oh, no, that reminded me of that. Like they get <laughs> they get the shaft, honestly. <laughs> oh yeah, no, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but yeah, I believe that um. Unlike what happened with some of the other um, Disney voice actors, and believe it or not, I believe she is still alive. And if so, you know, God bless Absolutely. her. Mary Costa has her only role has been in Sleeping Beauty. She was an opera singer and a model who I believe, um, let's say Sleeping Beauty was the only time she did her uh, an acting role. And unlike what happened with Catherine Beaumont, who was the voice of Alice and Wendy, and who actually mm. reprised the roles more than 60 years later from, like, House of Mouse and Kingdom Hearts, which alone is just incredible. Mary uh, Costa yeah. seems to have never done that. She seems to have retired to the public life, and God bless her for Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, God mm. bless her. Yeah, she's... But you yeah, can really a... tell that her voice... She, she has a voice that can really just you know, blow you away with and Disney never reused her, and it is that's so strange. Yeah, that's a shame. Because, like, know, she would have really like the, killed uh, it. Definitely, killed definitely. as Maleficent in Kingdom like, Hearts. The actors who played the uh, main characters <laughs> of Disney movies, it's funny that a lot of them never really worked for the studio again. And I'm talking about like the main, main characters. Like the actor who played Tramp in Lady and the Tramp, we know nothing about him. If you look at his Wikipedia page, Lady and the Tramp was like the only thing this guy really did. Mm -hmm. But yet, 
that also brings me to another point that the voice actress who played Lady, not the singing voice, because that was Peggy Lee, but the, uh, the voice, the, but the acting voice, yeah. voice also played Meriwether in Sleeping Beauty. Oh. And she also <clears> played <throat> Kanga in Winnie the Pooh. And again, it was another one of these... Uh, one of these instances where Walt Disney really liked a voice actress, so he decided to keep putting her in projects. All right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That was a thing back in the early days of uh, animation and film, is that they used voice actors and voice. Oh no! Actors definitely, definitely. Did you notice it? I... They definitely had a a stable of voice actors. And they kept um, they kept putting him in because they figured, hey, you know what isn't broke, you know, you know don't fix it. Broke, don't fix deal. it. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. That's why <sighs> you hear like a Sterling Holloway in so many Disney movies. Interestingly enough, he is not in Sleeping Beauty, which this is surprising because he was in pretty much every single animated piece of media Disney did from Dumbo until. I believe the last one was the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. So that's over that's over 30 years worth of work right there for the same company, which is incredible. It is incredible. Also why you had uh, Bill Harris seeing three movies in a <laughs> row. Uh, though part of that Yeah, was, you had, uh, you know, Jungle Book was the last well, thing. Yeah, Blue, did, Thomas uh, O'Malley, and Little John. Like, Let's just keep doing what uh, what uh, Walt did. Yeah, what works, and, and in a way, Walt. it does work. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. it does work. Yeah. Also reminds yeah, uh, me a little. Yeah, check the notes. Give me a second here. So, um, what would you say is your favorite classic era Disney movie or Bambi. classic era Disney? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. All right. Like this definitely from like a Robin Hood and Sleeping uh, Beauty. Yeah, like Robin Hood, Dumbo, and uh, One Hundred One Dalmatians are certainly up there. Same with uh, same with Sleeping Beauty and uh, a few other classic Disney films. But uh, yeah, Bambi is the go-to classic Disney film. Yeah. For me. Oh no, no, definitely, definitely. It definitely has such an appeal to it. It is definitely, you know, worth watching again and again. You know, all of them basically are. But for me, my own personal answer would definitely have to be Fantasia. Oh, Fantasia. I feel like oh, yeah. Fantasia is not only the best Disney movie, it is the best animated movie, period. No oh, one has yeah. and no one likely ever will top it. And this is all animation, God, period. Now, I feel like Fantasia is on such another level that when I like rank Disney movies, I have to put Fantasia in a separate bracket because it would just wreck would, the rest of the competition. But for me, for like the classic era from Snow White to Sleeping Beauty, I would have to say my favorite would be Pinocchio. Mm. Nice. I can see you know, why. Outside I mean... of Fantasia. Because it really, it is such a massive improvement from Snow White. Not that Snow White is bad. Snow White is. is a fantastic, fantastic movie. But Pinocchio takes everything that Snow White did right, and it multiplies it 20-fold. Like oh, the yeah. shot of The shot of Geppetto's village when everybody's going down to school, going down to school, the sweeping shots of the village. 
That is just mind-blowing. And that is almost, you got to figure, that is almost 90 years old. Was, oh, heck that yeah. Is at this the point. And they are really, really solid. Interesting thing about Pinocchio, it also has one of the most darkest implications, like one of the most darkest endings ever. Oh Not no, for no, Pinocchio, I mean, yeah, but for Postman the entirety of Pleasure Island. Oh, Pleasure oh Island. Yeah, like, Pleasure Island, you know, is keeps running. The coachman yeah. got away with it. Honest John and Gideon gets away it's with a it. Movie it's about reality, you know. honestly. It oh heck yeah. Is, it definitely is, you know, more more of a philosophical Disney movie, you could say, with uh, Pinocchio. And the other thing, too, it really just bugs me with the live-action remake yeah, because of it. Because you have to have Stromboli get punished. Because you can't have, ambi- you can't have like, a ambiguous fate no, for you the villains anymore. Ambiguity. You, know, you stuff need like to that. know what happened to them now. And it's, it's sad, honestly. It's like, I mean, you know, it's not a bad idea, but, like... That's part of the fun sometimes, the yeah. ambiguity of it. And, and also, I feel my my problem with it is it just fundamentally misses the point of the original, which, again, you could make the case for all exactly. the live-action remakes. They all miss the points of the original because they're ways, they're... To me, it's almost like money laundering. It's like, you know, way, cheap ways to make money. You know, it's like, you know, with the Lion King remake. Let's not take everything that's you know good and wonderful about the animation. Let's make them all photorealistic and harder to exactly. get behind. And I wouldn't have exactly, a problem you know? with that if they actually made the faces more animated and more emotive, they're but they're not real animals. But that's the problem. Then you would get into the uncanny valley thing where you'd have you know cartoony faces on a realistic body. That creates kind of like an uncanny valley kind of deal. I never kind had a problem of, but... with like Polar Express or any of those movies, but it feels like to me the live action remakes really tiptoe up there, especially with stuff like the Lion King and the yeah. Jungle Book. It really tiptoes up to that uncanny valley yeah. vibe to me. Would you rather have something like that, or would you have something like Happy Feet, where the where the expressions are still emotive? You can actually see them actually feeling something and acting. Or oh, no. happy and actually have it be entertaining. Absolutely, absolutely. Tops it. And that movie, you gotta figure, that movie was made in 2006. And it still absolutely wrecks everything of the live-action remakes because it created realistic-looking animals while still making them expressive, which is something that a billion-dollar corporation like Disney has yet to be able to do. And I, I think that's amazing. Absolutely, yeah. It's because they weren't trying for extreme photorealism oh, in yeah. the first place. That that's the major issue that a lot of yeah, these no, that's definitely have. a factor for it. Let me tell you another thing that disappointed me about the Pinocchio remake. It was made by Robert Zemeckis. Oh, that that is such a shame. And like I say, I like his uh, animated movies. I mean, Polar Express, I will say, is one of the more underrated uh, Christmas Christmas movies movies out there. I liked Beowulf. I I even liked uh, The Christmas Carol. I didn't like Mars Needs Needs Moms. That is just a wreck. I say it's underrated, but but I I feel like the Pinocchio remake, it is just... Like I say, it really just misses the point of the original. And the part that really gets under my skin is the part with the clocks. In the original Pinocchio, 
all of the clocks are like lovingly animated and they were like, you know, cute little one-off gags. Like one is a hunter hunting a bird. One is, you know, two people kissing. One is, you know, a little boy getting spanked because he, you know, spilled paint yeah. all over a place. But in the remake, it's all references. All references to other Disney properties. Like one of it is Snow White. One of them is, you know, believe it or not, Aurora. One of them is Woody from Woody's Roundup. One of them is Roger Rabbit and Jessica. And it's like, okay, how does a 18th, 19th century Italian woodcarver know any uh... of this? It doesn't even make sense in universe. It's just you trying to get your little references out for the, uh, the social media it's blogs and whatnot. It's like with a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, episodes of modern Spongebob. Oh, yeah. No, uh, no, definitely, uh, definitely. I mean, you can definitely okay. go too far with the whole nostalgia baiting thing. And I feel like the Pinocchio remake definitely did that. Yeah. So, um, Light defense and the, um, slight defense in uh, favor of one. One modern era Spongebob episode. It was one where they're all robots. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Like, it's not too memorable. No, that yes. one works. Good. That one, I feel, worked out. But as a one-off, yeah. it would be okay. But when you do it all the time, it kind of loses something. So, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, what are your guys' uh, favorite class-era Disney movies? And this is from, like, Snow White to oh, Sleeping Beauty. Absolutely, Robin Hood. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's, that's I, I, uh, I had the VHS when I was a kid, and I would just I would absolutely play that almost all the time because I I, I loved. It. Oh, me too, me too. It definitely that and uh, Sword in the Stone oh, yeah. was one of my favorites, and that is yeah. going to be another episode, of course. It's nonsensical, but those but definitely nice. were ones that were on repeat all the time. I, I would. Yeah. What about you, Matt? I'm actually going to give uh, three different definitions for this. Uh, if we're talking uh, purest definition of classical Disney uh, all the way up to uh, Sleeping Beauty, uh, I would say Fantasia. If we are talking anything from about pre-80s, like the pre-Dark Age, I would say uh, Robin Hood. And then if we're going all the way to before the Renaissance... Mouse, Mouse Detective, Detective is another good one that I would watch. Oh, definitely, definitely is a classic. I mean, you got, that, you got Vincent Price in there. That alone. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Heck yeah. Mm -hmm. On that note, on that note, uh, technically, I would also consider The Reluctant Dragon as a classical Disney film, but only just barely because it's a short film. Yeah. Like, I love it. It's fun. The Reluctant Dragon is such a. In... Oh, no. It's, it's a... really, it's adorable. I mean, he. He is such a great character. I feel like the thing is, it often gets lumped into the package films. Like, say, Ichabod and Mr. Toad, Melody Time, Make My Music, Saludos Amigos, those ones. That. Oh, yeah, Saludos Amigos and another good one. love those films. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're amazing. Though, I love they're all the package films. I feel like they are incredibly underrated, and it really bugs me that no one seems to talk about it. I mean, Ichabod and Mr. Toad is definitely in my top, maybe even top 10 Disney movies. I really think that's just a fantastic one. Yeah. The issue oh, is... Man. Really? If I'm going to be realistic, yeah, with you know, Disney in general, 
Yeah, we'll talk more about, you know, when the uh, Raya and the Last Dragon episode, but if you want uh, my realistic opinion on Disney, I feel like they only have two movies I would call outright bad. And one would be Chicken Little, which I felt uh, it had potential. It, it could have been good, but they really were just chasing, trying to be Shrek, and they just fell on their face, and it it really is an embarrassment. It is. Uh, the games were better. So the games were way better. Let's really be honest. Work. I honestly yeah, did. No, like, no, definitely. I honestly like the, the. I honestly like Chicken Little, but I think it's because I remember the the game more than the movie. I like the games. The movie's all right, but oh, yeah, the games yeah. are way better. Even the freaking uh, Ace Mc, even the Ace McCluck spinoff oh, game was better. Like, holy crap. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Of, got know, the old cast together for that. Nostalgia for another experience can make something seem better. But the second one that I would call outright bad, and I'm going to be honest, it is probably my least favorite Disney movie, is Ralph Breaks the Internet. I feel like yeah. that is just so shamelessly naked of, a, of an advertisement. It's not even I... a movie to me. It is just shamelessly an advertisement and a really self-congratulatory session for Disney that it, it, it almost is um, pathetic. It's nowhere near as bad as Chicken no. Little, but I personally feel that, like, yeah, I, I definitely saw it. it. They were really, really milking all the stuff that a, they could out of that movie. The, and Ralph in the worst ways It feels sometimes. like they forgot I, what made Ralph, well, Ralph. It's like, yeah, they forgot what made Wreck It Ralph so freaking good. Yeah, it's a video like, game of course, movie. Of course, about it's a video of game. Exactly. How exactly. do you screw they up that bad? Yeah. They completely missed no, the point with it. I, what really, what a Wreck It Ralph sequel should have been, and this is so obvious, I feel like I shouldn't even have to say it. It should have been it based have. on console gaming with the whole oh, yeah. Ralph is Donkey Kong thing. Make the Wrecked Ralph are, uh, console game like yes. Donkey Kong Country. Kong Make it like a hero Ralph and like arcade villain Ralph has to like, you know, come to terms with the fact that, okay, in the arcades, he's a bad guy, but he's at home, hero he's a hero. Loves. How do you yeah. consile those two sides of you? a Donkey Kong 64 type of thing yeah. as well. Oh, exactly yeah. like that too. You yeah. could have done something like that. You could have had him or even... Or even like something like, you know, Mario versus Donkey Kong, like yeah. a handheld thing or something like that. But just to make it into the internet with all the real life, you know, internet websites appearing and the product placement and that, yeah. it's just pathetic. And hey, yeah, that's pretty have, uh, sad. They could have made a reference yeah. to Fix-It Felix that he became a, a platformer like with Super Mario Brothers. Or yeah, like, like, yeah, Super like, Mario you know, the Mario references, yeah. make him like Mario. Yep. And that's another thing. Disney promised that Mario would be in the sequel and it didn't happen because Illumination was making their nope. movie. And uh, I'm honestly looking forward to that movie as well. So, Oh, heck yeah. Oh, no, me too. Looking... Me too. It is. It has way, way outdone my expectations for how that thing looks. That looks amazing. Yeah, they're really, they're really putting in the, they're I... really putting in the bits. They really oh, no, are. No, no, definitely. I mean, when you reference stuff like the penguins from Super Mario 64, you win. win. Yes. You won me and over they, with they, that, basically. 
If you reference the freaking yeah. Yoshi's, you've won me over, man. <laughs> and, and the fact that they have they <laughs> had that Bowser so. played by Jack Black. I was like, I didn't expect that, and it works so well. Yeah, it works a lot. I'm still a little on the fence as of Chris Pratt's Mario, but he's he's winning me over a little. Complaining about it, he's he's really trying. Yeah, he, he yes. is putting yes. in the effort. Give I will him, give him that. Give him credit. He's actually he's actually trying his best. I'm still going. Yeah, in exactly, exactly. With, uh, so I feel like myself. if this comes out good, that Disney will be the low man on the totem pole with studio yeah. animation at this and, point. Oh heck yeah! Because nothing it seems like they're making nowadays. Is it seems like they're in a rut again, kind of like how they were in the 2000s. Oh, yeah. Even though these movies were good, they weren't doing good financially. They weren't. They were doing mediocre sure, with yeah. critics, and they just seem stuck in a rut until the 2010s came around. And I feel like the same thing is going to happen now. And like by say 2030, we're going to see it. We're going to see like maybe another renaissance, a renaissance from yes, the renaissance, exactly. if you will. We'll see, yeah. We'll see. Yeah, so anyways... <laughs> yeah. So we've heard from Fado yeah, that his is Robin Hood. We've heard from Master Sheen three different examples, one of which being Robin Hood as well. Uh, Lud's is Fantasia or Pinocchio, <laughs> depending on what mood he's in. Uh, what about you, Evie? What's your favorite classic movie? Simply put, I don't have one. <laughs> Pardon? Yeah, you haven't seen I, really, I really seen don't. any of the classic oh. movies, have you? Oh, really? Huh? Nope. Not even from uh, like, not even all the way to Princess and the Frog. Like, well, let's say not willingly. I've seen bits of Hercules when you I really, really need to see that. You really need to see that movie. Yeah. I see. I see. Yeah. Hercules, Hercules is a good film. Thing. It's underrated. Hercules and... is good. Hercules is a good one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, a lot it's a of good fun one. moments, you know, a lot of uh, unique animation. Definitely, definitely takes liberty with Greek I, mythology. I'm not going to say I think it's that's not. The movie that made me love with Greek mythology. The real Greek mythology is not for that, children. Let's put it that way. I think way. Hercules was the I reason why I fell in love with Greek sure. mythology, to be honest. And the, that mm. could be another topic, actually, you know, with the Hydra, actually. Yeah, I very well could be. I'll have to consider it. You know, I'll consider putting it on the list. Oh, maybe yeah. somewhere down the line. Interesting uh, fact about uh, uh, involving Hercules. Apparently, James Wood to continues to this day yes, to do the, uh, Hades. He loves Hades. He will voice Hades. He says he anytime, Hades. anywhere. He is one of my awesome. favorite villains of all time. Period. He really fell in love with the character, and he just wants to keep on basically doing it. And, you know, God he bless him for it. He is a character he oh, loves. Man. He's going to stick oh, with man. it. More voice he actors should character. be like that, He I feel. is the character, in fact. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, no, he, he, he really sold the character. And originally they wanted, I think, somebody like Jack oh, Nicholson yeah. or John Lithgow to play... Uh, Hades, and it really wouldn't have worked, I feel. I feel like it really Hades have worked. makes Let's the movie. Like, again, getting back to Sleeping Beauty, like Maleficent, the villain oh, yeah. makes the and movie. The, 
Oh yeah. Why I actually may or may not have an interest in her. Yeah, yeah Maleficent. She's kind of she's Maleficent. Hot, to be honest. Okay, yeah, just wanted to be sure. Just wanted yeah. to make sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still yeah. on the topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good. Just wanted to be sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, After man. our 20, 30 minute detour. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh man, I yeah, Maleficent is arguably one of my uh, is arguably one of my favorite villains ever since I uh, saw the movie and in other media as well. She's iconic oh, definitely, definitely. and she honestly, definitely is one of those villains who really sticks out because she has such a great focus on it. You know, she really you know captivates the audience from her first appearance. Which I mean, you know, we're saying this now. God forbid how she must have looked in 1959 on the big screen. Oh, that heck must yeah. have been like a she must have been terrifying. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Uh, um, if it wasn't for the uh, live action movies uh, holding back my opinion a little bit, I would honestly rank her higher. But as is. Like both in basic human design, basic drag and dragon design, and pretty much just overall concept and overall iconic nature, I would put her at a very generous seven that, that, uh, seven out of ten. Like there are certainly so, better dragonesses, there are certainly better villains, but so she's iconic. You're ranking damn good for reason. her on the dragoness scale. That's going to be our official uh, ranking thing of the uh, dragonesses, <laughs> the dragoness scale. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I yeah, jumped uh, the gun a little like bit. With the live action <laughs> movies, uh, it definitely is Disney very jealous that they don't own Wicked. That it's basically Disney trying to capture the magic of that musical without realizing what made it work out so well. But getting back yeah. to uh, my thing, my opinion of her on the uh, Dragonist scale, <laughs> uh, yeah. trademark pending. <laughs> I would have to give her maybe an 8 out of 10 or so, because she's just I, so iconic and just so well done. It's like... I might honestly be yeah. tempted to give too. her a 10. I would be tempted Absolutely. to actually give her a 10 if but she had yeah, more screen time. Holds her back. But she definitely gets uh, 8 out of 10. Oh yeah, there's a oh, yeah. 8 out of uh, 10. Later or something. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> one on the scale. Are we? Are you gonna like make a list with like all the dragonesses uh, and whatnot? I'm ratings? planning on it. I'm planning on so, it. Like, I'm I'm really biased with my with my dragonesses, honestly. Yeah, I'm yeah. not as no, yeah, biased. I, have, I just like d darker colors, honestly. That's she's oh, absolutely yeah. gorgeous as a dragon. No, yeah, the, the color scheme definitely works. It definitely sticks out. Yeah, it works. Yeah, the dark, uh, very much the works. Yeah, and, and the purple. purple is just such a good a color, good color for villains. Oh, yeah. No, uh, definitely, man. definitely. I would, I would honestly rank her higher, but, like, again, the live-action movies, and also, I don't 100% think uh, no, Sleeping Beauty is a perfect it. movie. I don't 100% praise it, but I absolutely think it's a good movie, and one of, Maleficent one of is the most very much villains. why. If uh, not, no, definitely, definitely. Definitely, definitely. So we're all in agreement with her being, like, yeah. say, an 8 out of 10, 9 eight out, out of 10. 10 or so, basically. 8 out of 10. Yeah. All right, 8 out of so, 10 to keep things unbiased. Yeah. 
Let me just get that document open and mark it down here. Awesome. Very official <laughs> dragonish scale. Yeah. For a very silly yeah. reason, she's an eight for me for, as well. This is her. Yeah. Eleanor Audley, the actress for Maleficent. Uh, she did a great, yep. uh, like, charismatic job as Maleficent. I think she was scarier. Oh no, Eleanor Audrey, uh, she has such a phenomenal voice. And it really is strange. Again, she didn't really do more with Disney. She mostly did television shows like the Beverly Hillbillies or uh, Petticoat Junction or stuff like that, basically. Mm. She did not do many more animation. Though, once again, she was Madame Leota in uh, The Haunted oh, Mansion. Oh, that was her. Yeah. There's a reason why I like <sighs> that movie. Hmm. I don't think yeah. I've ever been on the Haunted Mansion ride, to, to be honest. I might give it a shot, but I, I don't know when that's going to be. And that's, one, and that's um, I really want to go on that ride because I love horror. Mm. Yeah. There are many reasons why yeah, I no, like no, horror. It's definitely more I've never been to Disney it. once because you know, every, Dis time, every time me and me my neither. family try to go, one of us gets sick. Yeah. Oh, nah. yeah. Oh, that freaking that's sucks. Yeah. It's like we oh, get man. tickets to go, you know, it's like, oh, hey, we got we got passes to Disney. And it's like, yeah, the next day, one of us is sick. We got like a cold or something. Interesting yeah, tangent, actually, on Disneyland or in Disney World. Like I heard once upon a time on like top 10 odd things to hear about Disney World. Uh, apparently employees used to share underwear. I don't know if it still goes on, but they did that. And there was also a place where there, there was also a Disneyland location with oh. a bunch of cats. Like, wow. Yeah, no, I heard about that. I heard about that. Um, yeah. Anywho, uh, I also really enjoyed right. uh, getting to talk about the so, classic uh, films. Because, like, yeah, absolutely. like I said. Oh, no, no, definitely, there, definitely. And we'll definitely talk a little bit more about the classic films and the change in the animation style uh, when we do the sort of yeah story yeah episode. absolutely I agree with that. So uh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That was yeah. I'm uh, excited, honestly. Yeah, I'm really excited. Oh, me too. Me too. This has really been a lot of fun to talk about this. So yeah. that's it. I think if no one has anything else to add, um, that will be it yeah. for the first episode of the Fiery Discourse podcast. If you have any questions or if you want to discuss if pink or blue is better, you can always email us at fieryDiscourse at outlook.com. And next episode, we are going to be talking about Don Bluth's 1999 directed video film, Our oh Top Magnificent. Heck yeah, baby. Oh man! I uh, yeah. Another thing, the, another interesting the thing is uh, that is uh, <laughs> what it'll look like when it's edited. Like, cause like I don't know if any of you have heard of Distractable, but like, man, the editing is very amazing. I'm interested in seeing uh, what uh, what's done to this so it can oh, make it like stand out. You know? I'll definitely look <laughs> it up, yo. Yep. Otherwise, what that's fun. my two bits. This was really fun. Right. Yeah, no, I definitely had a lot of fun with this, and I definitely will see you guys later. later. You guys uh, next time for the podcast, which will be um, in the next two weeks.
Until oh, then, yeah. thank you guys so much for coming. Yeah. Yep. Peace out, y'all. Yep. Until then, take care. Yep. End recording. Gonna set it up here. All right. Oh, need the managed server permission to do that. If you haven't already done that. No, I got it. Hold on. Cool. Yes. <laughs>